Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Too much salt. Too much salt can drive up blood pressure and increased risk for stroke and heart disease, two leading causes of death in the U.S. Most Americans eat more than double the amount of salt recommended by experts. It can come from places other than the salt shaker, in canned goods like soup, and packaged foods like frozen dinners. It's also hiding in breads and cereals. Read food labels, enjoy more fresh fruits and vegetables, and look for low-sodium alternatives. For more information, visit www.cdc.gov. A message from CDC. Every 39 seconds, an adult dies from a heart attack, stroke, or related disease. These conditions claim the lives of more than 800,000 adults each year and are largely preventable. Two leading risks for heart disease and stroke are high blood pressure and high cholesterol, serious conditions that often have no symptoms. 68 million adults have high blood pressure and 71 million have high cholesterol. Here's what you can do to reduce your risk. Take your prescription medications to control blood pressure or cholesterol. Eat a healthy diet that's low in salt, fat, and cholesterol, and full of fresh fruits and vegetables. Take a brisk 10-minute walk, three times a day, five days a week. Don't smoke. If you do, quit now. While you've been listening, one person has died from heart disease or stroke. You don't have to be next. Learn more about how to keep your heart healthy at www.cdc.gov slash heart disease. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keyes. I'm your host, Joy Keyes. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on twitter.com slash joy keys, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keyes. Also, now I am on Instagram. Yes, you can tag me in pictures and check out the pictures I put up. Saturdays with Joy Keys is my uh, handle on Instagram. also want to say thank you to all the listeners. Uh, past 880,000 downloads of the podcast. Wow, thank you so much for supporting. I, I guess the things were interesting. I hope I have helped you uh, learn and the, you know, do a little jig, so to speak, with the musicians. Uh, I've had uh, people on about health issues. And today I'm going to be having an artist on talking about her documentary about her mother. It's premiering on HBO this Monday, and it's called uh, Happy Birthday to a Beautiful Woman. And it debuts Monday, February 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern on HBO. Um, it's a very, very raw story, very up-close personal story about the artist's mother and her journey and how she became the artist's muse. Um, so it's a very intimate story. Artist is Micheline Thomas. She should be calling in uh, any minute now to talk about the story. But uh, they have a website if you go to uh, HBO dot com under documentaries you can learn more about uh Sandra Bush who's Micheline Thomas's mother and she was also Micheline Thomas's muse 
in real life. Uh, Micheline uh, is a world-renowned artist, and she does elaborate paintings composed of rhinestones, acrylic, and enamel. And uh, in, in some pictures you can't really see it, but in the personal you'll see all the glimmer and shimmer um, in the pictures. Um, so she uses real rhinestones. Um, some of her pieces have been in the MoMA, uh, Solomon Guggenheim, Guggenheim Museum, the Brooklyn Museum of Art. Um, so you, look, this might be her right now. Hold on a second. Good morning. Mama's on, good morning. How are you? Hi, Nicolene. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a really busy morning because I'm with my little girl who's decided to uh, require all of my attention right now, now that she knows that I'm on the phone. That's just usually how oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> of course. That's a universal truth. I'm a mom, so I know exactly. And every time you get on the phone, like they don't need you for a whole hour, and then you get on the phone, no, no. and it's like. <laughs> yeah, she was sound asleep until she heard my voice. She, now mm-hmm. she's like needing me, but that's all good. So let's see. That's how right. are you? I'm a mom. Thanks for having me I'm back. well. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. This is, wow, very brave story to tell, very searing. I was just telling the audience how raw the movie is and also how much you packed in a short time. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's a two-hour yeah. movie, you know? I know. I mean, uh, believe me, I would have loved to have done a feature, but, you know, my intentions uh, when I conceived of making this film was really for my 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 show at the Brooklyn Museum. So mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, filmed with that particular time in mind because, you know, we were really thinking about the art audience and how to capture them for 23 minutes because it's really difficult to, you know, at an art gallery to sit through like an hour or two hour film, you know, when mm-hmm. you're at a gallery or a museum. So it was really... That's the reason for the 23 minutes, but also wanting to tell the full story within that short period of time. It was very important for me and the team that I worked with to really try to convey as much as we can within a short period of time. So when did the idea first come to you that is it just related to the Brooklyn Museum exhibit or did you have this earlier in your mind? Because it seems that your mother, you and your mother had been estranged for a time and then you came back together. Yeah, we were estranged for a time, but we had reconciled our relationship prior to me making this film many years. It was pro- we probably started uh, uh, rekindling our uh, relationship um, back in 2000. So it wasn't, and, and I started working with her at that time photographing her and painting her and using her a lot of my work in other ways um, prior to this film. And it was not until 2010 when I uh, started to think about how to use my mother and my work again. I had stopped photographing her and painting her because she was really sick. Her health and her physical health was declining um, Rapidly, she had severe rheumatoid arthritis. She had, um, you know, kidney failure. She was on dialysis. Um, mm-hmm. She started to have no. kidney failure. I know, no, no, right? Mama's <laughs> on the phone. Just a, just a sec, babe. Okay. Um, why don't you listen on this? Yeah. Why don't you listen? Listen to me. See here. 
and yeah, yeah. And um, at that time, um, I was really trying to find a way to continue to use my mother in my work without mm-hmm. um, her not feeling like herself. You know, where okay. she can still represent who she was, and so I conceived of this idea of initially working in video um, using just basically a basic video camera just to okay. uh, document uh, our conversation and a Q&A format. Um, but once I talked to a good friend and producer of the film, Tanya Savaratnam, um, we thought that using film and getting a team together was going to really help me portray the type of portrait that I was thinking of um, at that time. And so it wasn't necessarily just for the Brooklyn Museum. It was conceived back in 2010, but I didn't actually start working on it until 2012 um, because my mother was in and out of the hospital. So there was a lot of gaps and time in between and then even during the filming process, there was a lot of time lost in between because she was in and out of the hospital. Um, you know, my producer at the time, she was going through her own sort of uh, battle with uh, okay. cancer. And so, you know, wow. we were... Everybody we were was putting, going through challenges. <laughs> yeah, challenges all, and from all aspects. But, you know, and I think that's the power of this film is because we sort of, we never gave up. And my mother um, really wanted to do this. Once she signed off and said, yeah, um, I want to do this, uh, she, no matter what, even if she was, there's the last part of the film, you'll probably notice her voice is a little slower. And you notice that I don't show much of her towards the end because she was really sick. Um, that was a time she was really sick and, and, and heavily. Baby, I need this. She had a lot of medication. Yeah, yeah, she was heavy, heavily medicated. And so I really didn't want to necessarily show her always that way. I felt like I gave some of that in the hospital scenes. That I didn't well, you also necessarily... balanced it. You had you had some pictures and you had um, of her earlier life and her yeah, modeling yeah. because. That's what it was talking about also, about her wanting to be a model. Um, That was a really cute story. You you want to tell the story about when she was in the agent's office and the agent got a call from a guy? You want to tell that story? That was cute. Yeah. My mother was modeling, and she just happened to be working with the agent who uh, was working with the photographer who at the time discovered Iman. And my mother had an opportunity prior to that particular day or situation, um, but she didn't go to the appointment when the photographer were at, photographer was actually in town because she was dealing with something with me and my brother and she chose not to go at that time. But then when no. she decided to go to say, okay, I'm no. ready to be photographed by him, no. when the agent called the photographer no. to schedule an appointment, she was actually... No traveling in yeah, Africa. He was traveling. Wow. Yes. He was traveling in Africa and said that actually no. he found this fantastic person 
a beautiful woman, which happened to be a mom. And signing off and going to photograph her and push, you know, her forward in the industry. Um, And so my mother really felt that she had lost a huge opportunity. I think think that had a lot to do with her um, her struggles in life. Um, yeah, curious of knowing partially whether whether that had some truth or not to her own success. Hey, baby, her own success. I think I can't imagine being in that situation um, directly and seeing someone else uh, actually fulfilling right to the top. What you're supposed to have. You know, knowing that you were yeah. supposed to opportunity. You know what I mean? I know that was uh, something very hard for her. It was very difficult. Well, it would be hard. I think, yeah, I mean, for anybody, like, that's your dream, and your mother was very tall, she was very beautiful, she had a lot of energy. And she was so close to and to know, actually, who that person was, and then to see that person's career just prosper in a way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that sort of mirror, um, that direct sort of recognition so close to who she was, I think it was very mm-hmm. difficult for her. Well, one of the um, things that helped your mother through all her challenges, I mean, she had um, health challenges, she had a challenge of life, you know, challenges, but one of the things that she turned to was Buddhism. And it yeah. was funny because I, my parents, I grew up a Buddhist, chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, oh. chanting for oh, hours. Uh, yes, we used to have meetings well, so, at my house. Yeah, yeah. So, I would, she raised my, my so me and my brother um, as a Buddhist. Um, you know, that was one of the first things she found when she left my father. Um, even though she struggled, she struggled with her own practice. But towards the end, she really put her practice first, and um, you know, her support from the Buddhist community was amazing. It was, they were, mm-hmm. they're just a fantastic group of people and they really um, came, they were just a different type of family for her. Um, and I think uh, that's why it made her going much easier for herself to just start to accept it and to deal with yeah. what was happening in her life at that time. A lot of people use religion as an anchor in their lives. I just got off the phone with yeah. uh, an editor uh, who talks about Muslim, American Muslim men and their love and uh, love lives and how, you know, they use their faith to get them back on track to where they want to go. And people in all walks of life, you know, use religion to help them, you know, especially yeah. in trying times. Um, uh, to, to get I, through I it. But your mom, really your mom was still strong. I mean, the funny thing is, like, when you hear your mom's voice, it's like her spirit yeah. was still so big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's like I felt her spirit was so big, even though her shell was not as big. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. That's how I've always, always uh, thought of my mother, and that's why I loved her, is that she's always mm-hmm. had that strength and resolve regardless. And she sustained always her elegance and charisma in spite of, like, these harsh obstacles she's endured. She just decided, you know, and I think that came from her, her, her spirituality, her practice. And I believe whether you're religious or not or you're 
practice in Buddhism or you're going to a church or you're Muslim, whatever you choose to find your sort of spiritual, you know, guide or your force in mm-hmm. your life, I think spirituality is very important at uh, particular times um, and crisis. Definitely. Well, one of the things that was nice you talked about, your mom, your mom talked about inside was Camden, where she grew up. Yeah, and yeah. you had photos of Camden and the children and the houses. Because today, what pe- when people think of Camden, it, it kind of brings fear into their minds in a sense. But it was so nice for you to show pictures of the community, um, vibrant African-American. And then she also talked about how other kids from other ethnicities, everybody played together. And she didn't have a bad memory of Camden. Um, That was was very beautiful, you know. You know, she doesn't. And most of my family uh, still lives in Camden. The majority of my relatives still reside in Camden, New Jersey, Um, and, you know, and then outside of uh, that area. But, um, you you know, Camden, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a hard, it's a difficult place. But there's still that community. People, I mean, like, we still have our communities. People still build their communities. They still rely on families and neighbors and all of those sort of people in an environment that make a community. And I think for my mother, um, that was so rich for her growing up. And I think it's, you know, and Camden still has that, you know, in spite of their reputation, in spite of the poverty that is there, and in spite of the low income and all of those things. People, there is still the strong sense of family and people who are persevering and doing things. And 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 I, when I go back to visit my family, you know, Camden is, you know, you know, the governor and of New Jersey and um, the mayor. They are really trying to revitalize Camden. If you go down to the waterfront, it's beautiful. You have Rutgers there. There's things that are happening in Camden, and it's just a matter of time. I mean, people are going back to buy property. It's it's rebuilding. Itself. Oh yeah, people are going back, like swooping up pieces of property. Yeah, um, similar to the same way you know, as Detroit. You know, the same yeah. way people are going back to Detroit. People are going back to Camden. So um, there are people who stayed there who uh, are educated and successful who are going back to sort of rebuild. Um, sort of the history of of Camden. So, you know, I'm looking into doing some things there myself. So, you know, it's a a part of who I am and where I'm from. And so, you know, it's, you know, the apple doesn't really fall far from the tree. tree. Yeah, I I think you have to, like, you know, you have to really own who you are, you know, and uh, be proud of who you are no matter where you're from. And, uh, I love my family and, and Camden and my relatives and the people, and they've all been supportive. We had a big Camden uh, group of Camden family that came out to the screening uh, on Friday, and they came representing very proud and happy. And <laughs> Let me tell the audience again, your movie is called Happy Birthday to a Beautiful Woman. It debuts Monday, February 21st. 24th, I'm sorry, at 9 p.m. Yeah. Eastern on HBO. Um, now, quick question. How did you connect with HBO? Did you approach them or did they approach you? How did that no, connection happen? One of, one of the, uh, uh, one of the uh, production team, uh, Sarah Lash, who was the distributing uh, 
producer of the film, she uh, had a relation. She has a relationship with HBO, and uh, she okay. brought uh, Nancy Abrams, uh, the vice president of HBO, to see the film, and she connected to it and shared it with Sheila Evans and other people in HBO who responded to it, and you okay. know they didn't. Hey, baby, just okay. <laughs> I'm going to let Let's you go. I'm going to be letting you go soon because yeah, and they, I know how it is they, to be a mom. Yeah, and they've and they've responded to the film and without knowing much about me, without with this being sort of an art film about an artist, about an artist relationship news, and this and a portrait of a person, and they really uh, responded to it, and I'm just really happy to have this opportunity that they were willing and wanting to share this to their viewers and to a larger public. It's really great. Well, I wish you much success with the documentary and also just in the future with all your artwork. Again, I want to tell people that it's going to be on HBO Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Happy birthday to a beautiful woman. Thank you so much, McLean, for coming on. And tell your little girl, whatever she needs at the end, you shall have it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now she's, now she's like, she's... And she must know I'm getting off because now she's leaving me alone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you have a great Saturday, okay? okay? It was great talking okay, to you. Jill. Great talking to you, Jill. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Just got off the phone with artist Micheline Thomas about her documentary about her mother called Happy Birthday to a Beautiful Woman. Again, it debuts Monday, February 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern on HBO. You want to check it out. Uh, Micheline Thomas directed it, produced by Tanya Selvarasam. Uh, executive producers, the Lehman Moffin Gallery, Micheline Thomas, and Lisa Cortez. Um, so there's a lot of good people working on the cinematographers, Shane Sigler and Omar Mullick. Editors, Alex Mueller, and music by Thomas M. Lauderdale. Has some really good music choices on there, so you want to check it out. I'm going to be giving away um, some copies of the book Salam Love, like I said, so you want to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. You want to become a fan on Facebook, just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And tag me on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Uh, and you might win a prize, I don't know, books, movie tickets, gift cards. I give away a lot of stuff. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful Saturday. I'll, I'm going to be doing a special show Monday with actress Tasha Smith. She's from Camden as well, so you want to tune in Monday at 7.30 p.m. I hope you can be there. Thank you. Have a wonderful Saturday. The American Heart Association, it has a heart assessment. Uh. Too much salt can drive up blood pressure and increased risk for stroke and heart disease, two leading causes of death in the U.S. Most Americans eat more than double the amount of salt recommended by experts. It can come from places other than the salt shaker, in canned goods like soup, and packaged foods like frozen dinners. It's also hiding in breads and cereals. Read food labels, enjoy more fresh fruits and vegetables, and look for low-sodium alternatives. For more information, visit www.cdc.gov. A message from CDC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.